the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time to sit back, relax, and listen to Conversations with Joan. Conversations with Joan will inspire, motivate, and empower you. Live your best life now. Listen, learn, think, and decide. And now, here's your host, Joan Herman. Welcome to Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life's Conversations with Joan. I'm Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in. Conversations with Joan focuses on topics that are important to your life, from health and wellness to professional development to personal well-being. Change makers join me to share their insights, tips, and strategies so you can thrive and live your best life now. Thank you for taking time for yourself, and thank you for letting us be a part of your life. Now, let's start talking. The decline of organized religion has caused millions of people to feel disconnected from spirituality, and the pandemic has exasperated the loneliness and disconnect. Many people are in a spiritual crisis. According to today's guest, Agapis Dasinopoulos, our inner guidance is like a wireless network. We just need to enter the password, and the password is prayer. In her new book, Speaking with Spirit, 52 Prayers to Guide, Inspire, and Uplift You, Agapi presents a non-denominational guide to harnessing the power of prayer and using it to find connection, peace, and gratitude. Agapi is a best-selling author and speaker whose books include Wake Up to the Joy of You and Unbinding the Heart. Welcome, Agapi. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me on your show, Joan. I love uh, the title of your show. I think it's all about making a difference and shifting our attitude. Agapi, you've been helping people around the world create a calmer, happier life. How did you get started doing this type of work? What did you experience in your life that led you on this path? Well, uh, as I write in my book, um, Unbinding the Heart, where I told my story, it was really a yearning to connect with something higher than myself, but deeper than myself. Whatever we call it, we call it God, the source, the higher intelligence. I felt this yearning, and when I connected with that and I tell my story explicitly in Unbinding the Heart, it started me on the spiritual journey. And um, I've done a book before that, uh, Wake Up to the Joy of You. And then this new book I wrote during the pandemic because I wanted to go deeper into spirituality. The thing about spirit and God is that it's an endless journey that you can go deeper and deeper. Everything in this world, you know, Joan, uh, reminds us of uh, the material world, you know, the physical world, the emotional world, the, the mental realm, the thoughts, uh, the to-do list, the projects, the accomplishments, the anxiety to keep going every day. You know, we all have very, what I call, lower vibration energies that we carry. So to go to the spirit, to go to God, uh, to go to that higher energy, it's a, it's a real practice. And I always ask people, what is your practice? And I found that during the pandemic, meditation is wonderful, mindfulness is wonderful, but I found that prayer, really devoted prayer, is the way to access the portal of your higher consciousness. There is this great phrase in my book that I say, God is not a being, God is a state of being that we can all access 24-7 if we take the time to slow down, if we take the time to attune ourselves to our breath, to attune ourselves to the miracle of life that we are. But uh, it takes a moment of focus, a moment of devotion, and it takes a daily practice. And once you start to practice this devoted prayer, which can be 
unceasingly. You can pray 24-7. You don't have to wait for, you know, special occasions or when you're in trouble. And, you know, when we're, we have difficulties, we all go, God help me, God help me. But what about the times that you just have a, a nice day? Do we pray then? And prayer is as much about listening as it is about um, asking. Does that make sense for you? Well, it does. And, and you know, when people hear the word prayer, it means something different to different people. Some people picture what we do in church or in some type of an organized religion. But what does prayer mean to you? You know, prayer to me is reverence. is a way of having reverence about life. It's a way of really realizing that who we are, Joan, is a miracle of life. So it's not um, a moment of, oh, I'm going to pray. It's a way of your whole being prays. Your whole being comes into the surrender, the openness, the awe. I have a great phrase in the book that says, whatever moves your soul, inspires your awe, and awakens your spirit can be prayer. You could be cooking. You could be taking a shower, walking in the street. Uh, you could be in a forest. You could be by the ocean. You can be sitting quietly in your living room and reflecting and looking out the window. You could be looking at your child's eye. Prayer is moments of, you know, when they say it takes your breath away. Mm -hmm. You know, moments where you feel, oh, this is amazing. I'm alive. I mean, the fact that we are alive, we've grown to be who we we have become without us doing anything, Joan. You know, it's right. like you see a child and you see the child growing and becoming and and uh the 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 face forms and the eyes form and you start to look at the world with different attitude and with different perspective and so prayer for me is is reverence reverence for life no one can explain the mystery of who we are we have 36 trillion cells in us 36 trillion cells 36, I, I just keep saying that because I think it's extraordinary. Mm -hmm. 36 billion cells that make us. Right now, Joan, right this minute, there is a life force that is breathing us, that is making us, that is creating this body. And there is this existence that we are all, aren't you in awe of your existence? I mean, you are not just a, a Joan Herman. You're not just a woman who does this wonderful radio show, you are so much more than that. Is that, you, you know what I'm saying? I do. And, and you know, Agape, I, I wanted to have this conversation with you because I think this book is coming out at, at really such a wonderful time. We've all, as, as a world, have been through so much and we're tired and we need nourishment. And I think that you're just offering us so much hope through this book. Well, that's the thing. I mean, you've got to sort of stop the world <laughs> and, and not the world outside. It's like because the world outside tried to stop us, but you've got to stop your inner angst. You've got to stop your inner fear. And, and the way you do that is you go to that higher energy and you dare to go there. Right now, as your listeners are listening to me and you, I want to ask everybody, to, uh, to stop exactly where you are. If you are driving, please don't close your eyes. But please listen to, to your heartbeat. You can get very quiet, Joan, right now and go into your heartbeat. And there is a heartbeat that beats, you know, so rhythmically. And there is a breath that comes in and out. And your breath goes deeper and deeper. And you let your breath carry you. Like uh, like a surfing board, you know, you let yourself go with your breath. And as my yoga teacher says, be in awe of your breath. And at this very moment, you can shift the quality of your day if you are willing to stop and connect back with your breath and say, my God, something in here beyond me is breathing me. Something bigger than myself is giving me life. And you go, thank you. Thank you. I don't have to rush. I don't have to complete my whole to-do list. I don't have to just go from one thing to the other. I can take beautiful moments to reset my mind, 
to reset my being and to come into my heart, into my gratitude, and start to flood yourself with the love that the Spirit has for you because the one who is breathing you, the, the intelligence that is breathing you, the cells that are connected together, that are actually glued together to give you life, to function, is made of love. Love. Right. And you see that in babies. You can look at a baby and who doesn't feel your heart explode? You know, you look at this creature and that's all of us were babies once. So that essence of life, Joan, lives in you and in me right now and in every single being. But we have conditioned ourselves to think that we are our ego, our personality, and we are in control and we are not. And that's the problem, Agapi. We forget about this powerful spirit that lives within us. As we get older and we get beaten down by life, we forget it's there. That's so beautiful, Joan. We forget and we get beaten up by life. My God, I have to write that down. You said it so beautifully. You just (laughs) summed up my book. Because in Speaking with Spirit, my new book, I highly recommend it because I wrote it from a place of complete openness to the spirit. And every subject that I have is about how to overcome. Like I have something where I say the chapter five, the gifts that lies in between times. So a lot of us during the pandemic are in between times. We're in between uh, what's going to happen next. Where we had to take a pause. You know, how do you go to sleep without anxiety? How do you wake up? with enthusiasm, all the subjects. I even have a prayer for losing weight. I have a prayer of being addicted to God and not to just things, you know, how to overcome perfectionism, how to feel as important as anyone else. Uh, These are lessons and teachings that I brought uh, and I poured it out because I feel we all need help to remember, to remember that the spirit is with us 24-7. Agapi, where did you get the inspiration to write this book? Where did it come from? (laughs) God. God just gave me um, a a nudge and said, hey, girl, write this book. We will help you. And I had tremendous, I mean, uh, people asked me, how do you write these prayers? They came to me. I think when we're open to spirit, Everything comes to me, uh, you know, everything comes to us when we're open to spirit, you know. So I just feel it is so important for everybody to get the help we want. I, I always say and encourage people to ask for help. I wrote this book to help myself and to help everyone who wants to shift who wants to be more light-filled, more grace-filled, and to know that even in the midst of this challenge we are all going through with COVID and the variants and the unknown, I mean, the unknown of what's going to happen, am I safe, are my children safe, very basic survival questions, you can still overcome, you can still be in peace, and do you know you can still have joy Because this very moment, you are safe. You are listening to me and Joan. This very moment is perfect. Do I know what's going to happen at the next moment? No, none of us do. So if we learn to be uncomfortable, comfortable with the uncomfortable of not knowing, we can say, hey, I'm being breathed. And come into gratitude of your life. Come into gratitude of your uh, everything that's going on around us. And once you are in gratitude, you start to get filled with answers and solutions, and you can create more of what you of what you want. And um, I wanted to um, go ahead, sweetheart. You wanted to ask me something. What I was going to say is, I, I asked you that question knowing the answer because it's such a wonderful takeaway point that we all, when we're open. And we we come to to have that open heart. We're all given information the way you were. We just don't listen to it. That's right. Exactly. You've got to just, uh, there is this great parable of a monk 
who uh, is in a monastery and he says, dear God, what can I do to serve you more? What can I do to serve you more? And the, and the monk uh, hears his inner voice that says, shut up and let me love you. And God uh, really, uh, in a way, as I said, God is not a being, but the state, the intelligence, the higher intelligence, the divine consciousness, the um, higher power in us wants to love us, to support us, to embrace us. And it's, um, it's, we have forgotten. I mean, I think you just said it. We, we have forgotten and we all need to remember. I want to, I have, I say here in the book, in the preface at the last paragraph, I say, if I ever got a tattoo, I would engrave on my forehead, God is your partner, to remind all of us that we're never alone. Prayer is a direct channel to God at all times and is as close to our next breath. It is our invisible support system. Think of prayer as your favorite kite with a string wrapped around the spool that you're holding in your hand. You are the one that releases the strings for the kite to fly. When you're flying a kite, the wind can take you in many directions. In the same way, your emotions, your thoughts, and whatever you're going through in your life can sway you from one direction to another direction until you steady yourself. Steady yourself. Come into your peace. Come into your stillness, into your alignment. And then the kite, the wind, and you become one, then you can fly as high as you can. But the key to it all is forgiveness. Forgive yourself for your humanness. Forgive yourself for judging yourself, for thinking you should know more. Judgment depletes our energy. We need to nourish ourselves by having the gratitude of who we are, the spirit, the unknown, the gratitude and also acknowledging the difficulties that we have. Every prayer I have in this book is about today I'm having a hard day. I'm being challenged by this and that. But I allow my spirit to come in and help me, to come in with tenderness, with devotion, with kindness. And, and it is only in accepting where we are, uh, owning it, naming it, that we can open up the gateway to flood us, to bring us more solace, more peace, more comfort. But if we don't ask, if we don't listen, if we don't open up and say, I don't know, nothing will happen and nobody will open and we will feel we are alone struggling day after day. So I ask you all with all my heart to learn that prayer is the golden key that has been given to us from, uh, from the divine to allow us to open up to, to the help that we all want. And it's vulnerable, and it's raw, and it's tender, and it's open, but I explain it so beautifully in my book, Speaking with Spirit, 52 Prayers to Guide, Inspire, and Uplift You, which you can order right now. You can listen to the audio as well, but do yourself a favor. I wrote it in my most vulnerable and challenging times. And once again, the book is Speaking with Spirit, 52 Prayers to Guide, Inspire, and Uplift You. Agape, where can our listeners go to get more information about you and your work? Of course, wake up to the joy of you.com. Wake up to the joy of you.com. You can actually um, read everything about me. You can also get um, Instagram, Agape Seas. Of course, I'm in all the social media, um, but that's my main platform. And uh, please also, you can email me, Agapi, A-G-A-P-I, at unbindingtheheart.com. And I can send you as a gift some of my guided meditations, agapi at unbindingtheheart.com and I'll keep you on my list for everything else. Agapi, thank you so much for joining us. It is my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me, Joan. This is Conversations with Joan. Stay with us. We'll be right back.
Do you feel lost on your journey to health and happiness? Then let us guide you on your path, personalized actions towards health. Your path is a series of choices you act on every day. We guide you on a personalized journey of dietary, exercise, genetic, supplement, and lifestyle choices that lead you to optimal health and happiness. Often taking the road less traveled leads to liberation. Your path is personal. Your journey, like you, is unique. Take action today. Head to bestpathforme.com. Again, that's bestpathforme.com. Hi, this is Joan Herman. Did you know that Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life publishes a free monthly digital magazine that can be read online or emailed to your inbox? Every month, nationally recognized leaders in their field provide information to educate, inspire, and motivate you. We believe in a holistic approach to life, incorporating mind, body, and spirit. Check out a copy of 24-7 magazine, visit CYACYL.com, and be sure to tell your friends. your health? Joining us today is Emanuela Fasoni, a certified health and life coach who has helped people experience breakthroughs in their health and lives. She is the author of the book, Healing Through Nature's Medicine. Emanuela is here today to discuss sticking to your New Year's resolutions. Welcome, Emanuela. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Joan, for having me. I'm happy to be here. Emanuela, many of us begin the new year with a bang. We're on track and we have all these wonderful resolutions that we're just so sure we're going to achieve. And then before long, we go back to our usual patterns. Why do you believe we have so much trouble staying on track? Well, I feel that um, we do set unrealistic expectations for ourselves. And I think that that puts us into really uh, an unhealthy start. So I think that when we set ourselves up with realistic expectations and also making our resolutions something that are going to be pleasurable and manageable, we definitely have an easier um, mindset of really sticking to them. Yeah, I agree with you, Emanuela, because if you think about it, sometimes we say, I'm not going to eat sugar and I'm going to give up this and I'm going to exercise every day and I'm going to create this new budget. And, And we put ourselves on such a rigid protocol that it's almost impossible to stick to. Absolutely. I agree 100%. So then what are some helpful ways that we can stay on track and achieve our goals? Okay, so now that we're a few weeks into the new year, many of us have already started working toward those New Year's resolutions we set. Some are looking to change their daily habits and live a healthier lifestyle, while others are hoping to gain the financial freedom that they've been dreaming of. So no matter what your goals are, the end of the month is fast approaching. So now is the time to dig in your heels and make sure you are prepared to follow through so you can really have the most success for this year to come. So whether your goals are health-related, finance-driven, or something else, here are a few tips to help you keep yourself on track this year. Number one would be be realistic. Go big or go home isn't necessarily the best approach when it comes to New Year's resolutions. And really, in fact, dreaming too big can often lead us to setting goals that may be unrealistic given our current circumstances. So when we do this, we are more likely to give up early in the year and not look back. So this year, avoid biting off more than what you can chew by setting smaller, more achievable goals. So if you already have goals set, take some time to review them and adjust them to make sure that they're realistic and achievable. Number two would be create detailed execution plans. Most likely, you have already written down your resolutions and posted them on your fridge, Mira, or someplace else where you can see them on a daily basis. However, if you are finding that seeing your goals every day is not enough to keep you motivated, try taking the time to make detailed execution plans for each goal. This will allow you to take a lot of the guesswork out of the process by predicting challenges and lay out the exact steps you need to take to achieve your intended goals. Uh, The next step would be give yourself grace. The road to achieving those New Year's goals is often long. 
So it only makes sense that many of us will have a few slip-ups along the way. Don't let yourself get discouraged. Give yourself the grace to make the mistakes. Learn from those mistakes and then get back on, on your feet and set out towards the realistic goals that you can manage. Remember, success is not about doing everything perfectly, but giving your best, most consistent efforts. Um, And also find an accountability partner. It can be hard to hold ourselves accountable. After all, the only people we have to convince that our excuses are good enough is ourselves. So change that dynamic by finding a person or community that is working together towards goals similar to yours. If you're on a journey to improve your overall health, find some motivation, learn something new, and help keep yourself on track to achieve your health goals. And I do have an exercise for you guys to do if you'd like, and it's called the positive ripple effect. So on a blank sheet of paper, I'd like for you to write all the ways in which achieving your goals will positively affect those in your life. And I'd like for you to be willing to give yourself permission to imagine only positive outcomes. Start with small examples and allow it to expand from there. Write all the examples in the present tense as if you already are experiencing them in your life. So I hope that these tips do help you on really um, sticking to your goals this year. And again, make them manageable and pleasurable. The more things feel pleasurable to us, the more we're, we're more willing to follow through with them. Emanuela, thank you so much for joining us. If you would like to learn more about Emanuela and her work, you can visit embodyvitality.net. Or as always, to hear more from Emanuela, you can visit our website, cyacyl.com slash Emanuela. We'll be right back. Critical thinking is a disciplined way of thinking that can be applied to any topic or problem. It is the ability to clearly and logically consider information that is presented to us. There is value in thinking critically in every aspect of our lives, from making personal decisions to questioning media reports to assessing work projects. Applying critical thinking is an essential skill everyone should be trying to hone. Hi, this is Joan Herman here with a lesson learned while earning my PhD in life. The conventional view serves to protect us from the painful job of thinking. When we were children, adults told us how to behave and what we should believe, and we blindly followed their instruction. Then as we aged, we were taught to expand our minds and consider concepts and opinions that may be in conflict with what we previously thought. This expansion of mind opened the door to infinite possibilities and challenged us in ways never experienced before. Listening to different ideas enabled us to develop the process of analyzing information in order to form our own judgment. We learned to discern what works best for us and no longer were we dependent on what we were told to do. We could form our own opinion. This critical thought process taught us how to create the conscious decisions that affect the quality of our lives. Today, in a world of social media, around-the-clock news programs, and propaganda reporting, cultivating a critical thought process is more challenging than ever before. Sometimes it feels like we've lost the ability to think for ourselves or form our own conclusions. I often wonder if critical thinking is a lost art. With information overload, we need to think about thinking. Why is this so important? Critical thinking encourages curiosity. Curiosity helps us remain vigilant and gain knowledge about situations or our environment. Critical thinking enhances creativity. Creativity enables us to come up with different ideas and perspectives. Critical thinking reinforces problem-solving skills. Critical thinking develops independent thinking, the ability to take in various opinions or facts and then develop our own conclusion offers a freedom from manipulation. The good news is that critical thinking is a learned skill and we can get better at it. Here are three ways to develop critical thinking. Question assumptions. Don't believe everything at face value. Ask questions, conduct research. You don't always know what you think you know. Reason through logic. 
ask yourself, is the argument supported at every point by evidence? Do all the pieces of evidence build on each other to produce a sound conclusion? Diversify thought. Get outside of your personal bubble and open your mind to new perspectives. As the Greek philosopher Aristotle said, it is the mark of an educated mind to be able to entertain a thought without accepting it. Never stop questioning or thinking. Thank you for spending this time with me. For more empowering tips and information, visit joanherman.com. I want to be riding my bike. But at this moment, he's fighting leukemia. St. Jude Children's Research Hospital is saving lives with pioneering research and care. And we'll never have to pay St. Jude for anything. Please take a moment and visit stjude.org today. This is WNYM, Hackensack, New Jersey, New York City. Welcome back to Conversations with Joan. I'm Joan Herman. Thanks for staying with us. The start of the new year is the time when we create goals and intentions for moving forward. Joining us today to provide tips to help us be more successful is Mary Battaglia, a certified clinical hypnosis practitioner. Mary is the founder of Metro Hypnosis Center and author of the book, Transformation Through Hypnosis. Welcome, Mary. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Joan. It's a pleasure to be on your show. So, Mary... We're a few weeks into the new year, and this is a time when many of us are gearing up for all of the things that we want to accomplish this year. I know you don't like the word resolution, but that's the word that many of us use. Can you explain to us why you don't like it and and why you think there might be a better way to look at it? That's really a good question for the new year because so many people put so much pressure on themselves for their New Year's resolution. And I feel like there's so much energy going into it, um, but then the attention and the focus tends to wane as the month goes or then February comes into uh, mind. For example, weight loss is probably one of the biggest resolutions people put on their list, and then maybe for a day or two they do well, but then the focus and the it's not in the front of the mind, that uh, resolution. So what I like to do is use um, affirmations, and affirmations you can break down and be more focused or clear. And you can use affirmations differently to make yourself committed and for the affirmations of what your goal is to stay in the front of the mind so that you will commit to it and you will actually uh, slim down or you'll actually start making better decisions in your food choices, which is really what you want to do with weight loss. Mary, I want to talk about affirmations in greater detail in a moment, but before we do, do you think the biggest mistake we make is trying to take on too many things? Because, you know, you sit down at the beginning of the year, and like you said, we tell ourselves, I'm going to lose weight, so I'm going to cut out alcohol and sugar and wheat and dairy, and I'm going to exercise an hour every single day, seven days a week, and I'm going to balance my checkbook, and I'm going to you know, spend more time with my kids, and the list goes on. And do you think it just becomes too daunting? I think it is overwhelming, and I think you want to chunk it down, right? So chunk it down and make it more obtainable and make it easier. Because I think just saying, I want to lose 50 pounds, that seems daunting, right? So chunk it down to let me start out with 10 pounds, and let me start out with maybe you actually – um, do the research and get like recipes because a lot of people don't know how to do it. So if you have a little planning to go along with what you want to uh, work on, but I, I do think there's um, just a lot of pressure. I think we put too much pressure on in general and um, maybe we need to calm down a little bit and maybe really see it through new eyes of 2022 and see that everything can change and in a positive way. What I decided to do this year, rather than make a list of all the things I'm forbidding myself from doing, I decided to add in more positive things in the hopes of crowding out the things I no longer want to take part in, the things that don't serve me. What do you think about that approach? Well, I think that's a good way. And remember, it's going to, we're all going to work differently with different ways. But I think by bringing in the positive you're actually creating something that's a little more obtainable and you're actually 
bringing good energy to support you in it because we all need to be supported in our goals and our affirmations. And by bringing in positive and things that are maybe more obtainable, you're then going to create that and you're going to move forward easier and you're going to be committed to it better. So for someone who may not be familiar with the term, what is an affirmation? An affirmation to me is a seed that needs to be planted. And we plant it in the mind, and in the mind, it can grow and get um, larger and larger to really support you and be in the front of the mind. So affirmations are positive statements, and they could be anything. It could be as simple as, I choose to eat the right foods every day. It could be, I have good health. It could be, I attract prosperity and abundance, or it could be more specific. So to me, um, by creating an affirmation, writing it down, and then um, saying it in in the a.m. and in the p.m., so you say it um, in the morning when you wake up, and then say the affirmations in the evening as you are about to go to sleep so that these seeds get um, watered every day by you saying them out loud. And you're keeping them in the front of the mind. We want to keep what we want to obtain in the front of the mind, and that's how affirmations can help you by keeping them there so that you're aware of them, you're mindful of them. So when you say, I'm going to eat healthier, when you have a choice of junk food or healthier food, you're going to make the right choice because in the front of the mind now is I'm eating healthy. Does it become a new suggestion in our subconscious mind so it becomes our natural reaction, something we don't have to think about? Well, especially when you combine it with the hypnosis, that's what kind of happens, that it ends up naturally and easily taking over that positive affirmation. And that's what you really do. You don't want it to be a struggle. It shouldn't be a struggle to eat right. You know, we all logically know what we should be eating. Usually it's stress, it's anxiety, it's, and whether it's uh, eating or any other habit, you know, usually stress and anxiety are big parts of it. So by really putting that in the forefront, clearing your mind, learning tools to relax yourself, then you can really obtain anything and stay in control with you and your actions. Mary, is it important to get to the root cause of why we behave the way we do? So, for example, if we set a, a financial goal and then a few weeks, like now it's a few weeks into the month, if we get to this point and we slip back into our old pattern, is it because we've never really analyzed or recognized why we do what we do? I think there's a combination of that. Um, I think uh, for some people, they need to go in deeper and um, find where the patterning has started and understand the patterning. Because we all um, have grown up and we've all, um, from young ages, patterning has started. So a uh, pattern in, of not saving money, for example. Let's say you, you said, oh, every month I'm going to save X amount of money. And you're not finding that you're meeting that goal. But then you need to look at your spending habits and, and how you spend money and how you look at money. And sometimes we have to really go deep within ourselves to change your pattern of spending, for example, or to just change how we see money, for example. A lot of times we give the power to money. And so we become the slave to money, working hard and and then spending it the way we want to. But we want to see money as a tool to support us and that we have the control over it. Um, so that's kind of how that would work. And so staying with the example of money, you know, we've all heard the expression money is the root of all evils. So if that's a belief of ours, that money is bad, no matter how much we say we want it, won't we self-sabotage and keep it from coming into our life? We can. I think sometimes we actually chase it away. When we focus too much on the monetary uh, value, sometimes we chase things away instead of attracting it, right? So you want to create a relationship with money that um, is positive. Uh, For example, I'll keep a $100 bill in my purse. So every time I open up my wallet, I see that $100 bill. That makes me feel comfortable, safe, and secure that there's plenty of money in my wallet. And so we can all do little things with our thoughts and our behavior. And if it's spending, if you're not saving enough, then really look at that behavior. Did you need that impulse item? Is it, um, and maybe the impulse item is something from a lack of that you feel. So there's so much to dig deep within us, especially with money, that um, when we befriend money, then it supports us and we feel 
confident, we feel safe and secure, and we know there's more than enough. So if your mindset has that more than enough, then a lack of about money, then that can just shift everything and shift the energy coming into you and into your life and into your pocketbook. Mary, for someone who may need a little bit more help accomplishing his or her goals, how can hypnosis help? So when with hypnosis, we all start out with foundation with affirmations. Um, and that creates the groundwork, which is great. But sometimes we need to go de- deeper in um, follow-up sessions and look at the patterning and behavior and look at um, sometimes you might not even think you're clinging on to something or holding on to something than you thought. And with hypnosis, we peel away the layers that are holding the old patterning and the whole old behaviors, and then we work to release and let them go and to, again, create the control in the mind over you and what your reactions to everything is. Again, stress and anxiety create a lot of, um, it's like they fuel the fire of things that would normally be okay. You had stress to it, and then you might go to the eating or you might go to the spending to feel comfort. So it's understanding why these behaviors started, these patterns be started, and working to release and let those go and heal. Does this type of work always have to be done in person, or could it be just as effective via Zoom, Skype, or even the telephone? I do a, a lot of Zoom now, especially um, since COVID started. Uh, most of my sessions are really on Zoom. I even do telephone sessions with people. I like Zoom um, to see the face, but if it's someone I worked with, um, then I, I know they're comfortable with the process, and then um, the phone would be fine. But you'd be amazed at what um, it's just the same as the office because we really get into a zone in this um, hypnotic meditative state, and it doesn't matter if you're in an office in my setting or you're in a quiet room in your house. You can still uh, get into those deep meditative and healing places. Mary, thank you so much for joining us and for helping us utilize the power of the mind for everything that we want to accomplish in 2022. If our listeners would like to learn more about Mary and her work, you can visit MetroHypnosisCenter.com. Again, Mary, thank you so much for being here. Uh, Thanks so much, Joan, for having me. This is Conversations with Joan. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Are you contemplating getting some help in an area of your business, but haven't moved on the decision? Indecisive about when to make the move, if to make the move, who to hire, what to pay? There are times when we have to make an investment of money, time, or energy to get the help we need. It was President Barack Obama who said, change will not come if we wait for some other person or some other time. We are the ones we've been waiting for. We are the change that we seek. Are you waiting for the right time? The time is now to make a move. Indecision is an acquired habit from when we were young. A well-written plan will help us move from indecision to decision. Start with a written goal that is in alignment with your vision. Make sure it's your goal and not an assignment from someone else. Then follow the SMART criterion, specific, measurable, attainable, realistically high, and time-bound. To achieve this goal, write out the action steps required to meet the goal. This is your action plan. This clear action plan reduces excuses, procrastination, and indecision. Take the first step and make it happen today. If you'd like to learn more, contact me, Bertha Robinson, at 732-705-5060 or visit star1professional.com. You've put your heart and soul into writing a book. You've made a substantial financial investment in getting the project done. And you have a beautiful publication with your name on the cover. So, how do you reach your potential readers? Introducing the Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life Book Club, a resource guide created for books that change lives. A book featured gets recognized. Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life includes the work of some of the most inspirational and influential authors in the world. Shouldn't you be there too? Let's get started. For more information, visit cyacyl.com slash book club. We all want to live a happy, 
productive life, but sometimes we just need a little help. Our Coach on Call experts provide strategies to help you live your best life now. Joining me today is Allison Carmen, a business consultant, life coach, and author of The Gift of Maybe, offering hope and possibility in uncertain times. Allison's podcast, 10 Minutes to Less Suffering, provides simple tools to reduce daily stress and worry. Allison's new book is A Year Without Men. Welcome, Allison. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thanks so much for having me, Joan. So, Allison, as the new year begins, many of us set goals and intentions, and no matter how hard we may try, we end up experiencing some unexpected turns. Things that we didn't think would happen end up happening. So how can we keep from getting too caught up in the disappointment when things don't go the way that we planned? That's a great question, Joan. The the interesting thing about disappointment is, of course, we have the right to feel what we want to feel. But after a while, disappointment becomes the story of how we thought our life was going to happen or how we thought outside events were going to happen. And of course, now we're all experiencing that. A lot of people thought they were going to go back to work. And now with COVID on the rise, people are home again. There's school closures. All these things are happening. And sometimes what we do is we look at the unexpected. And because we get so disappointed, it starts to sink us. And we start to believe that our things that we want are not possible, or we let those low emotions get the best of us, or we let the fear get the best of us. And when that starts to happen, instead of finding a new way to be out in the world, what we do is we kind of stop trying. And sometimes the fatigue and the disappointment kind of get to us in a, in a, in a way that we forget that we are the generator of our own light. We are the ones that manifest in our lives. So we have to be careful because what disappointment does, it pushes us so far out of ourselves that we start to let what happens outside of us dictate how we feel inside. And really, though, how we feel inside is really going to be the reason whether or not we create, the whether, whether or not we manifest, whether or not we find another way to get there. That's another thing, too. It's like disappointment is sometimes just a roadblock But there are other ways to get there, and we forget that because the disappointment kind of makes us feel that we can't have the life that we want. Well, so much of your work is around teaching us to embrace uncertainty, and and you just touched upon fear. And, you know, when you were saying what so many of us are experiencing today, fear is really making us feel like everything is outside of our control. So what can we do when everything feels that way? Well, you know, it's interesting. For the new year, I think the best thing that we could do is we could start by looking at what we want in our lives. I mean, the most important thing for all of us is to have a meaningful life. So I think that, you know, we have to be careful. We have to, we should set our goals for the year, of course. You know, what are our dreams? What do we want to achieve? And then we need to look at what our intentions are and and what actions we can take. And then, yeah, there's that moment that, you know, we have our goals, we have our intentions, and then life gives us something different. And that's when the fear kicks in. That's when we start to believe I can't have what I want. I'm afraid things can't get better. I don't know how the situation is going to work out. So what I do is that I take this third step during the new year, and I actually do it practically every week. It's not every day. You know, I ask myself what my fears are. And sometimes, you know, a lot of people's fears today is the pandemic will never end, or I'll never get the job I want, or I'll never have the relationship that I want. And just that fear knocks us down. So we don't even try to take action steps and we give up on our goals. But when you look at your fears, what's so interesting about your fears is they're not absolute. If you say to yourself, am I absolutely certain that fear is true? You can't be certain of anything. And that's what's such a beautiful moment is that you question your fears. You Fears are uncertain. And then when you start to recognize that your fears are uncertain, you get to kind of turn it around. And, and I know I talk about this a lot on your show, but then you look at the maybe. Because what we forget is that uncertainty brings good things too. And maybe is the hope within the unknown. And what I do is I say these maybe statements. Maybe things will get better. Maybe things will change. Maybe there are many ways to be okay. That's a beautiful maybe statement for the new year because it, it unhooks you from that fear. And it reminds you that you're not stuck and you're not doomed. And things will always keep changing. We don't, you know, we're so, like, when something bad happens, we get so fixated on it, we forget, again, that uncertainty brings good things, too. So set your goals, look at your intentions, but also question your fears and incorporate that beautiful idea of maybe into your life because you never know what's going to happen next. But that's a good thing. And also, you know, keep the light within. Know that you are the generator every day. Try to keep letting go of that disappointment. Because disappointment is just a story about how we thought our life would be. And when we open up 
to what life, what's happening in the moment, and we open up to more possibilities, and we open up to the fact that the unknown brings good things, life starts to change. And over time, we will move closer to our goals. And the unexpected won't affect us that much because we know that we're the one that creates in our lives more than anything. Allison, in addition to staying in maybe, is there an exercise or a strategy you can share with us that can help us stay focused? Well, I think the goals and the intentions and the maybe, I think that's a beautiful daily practice. But I also think, you know, I know a lot of people talk about gratitude as well, but I think what happens too when we get disappointed, we start focusing, hyper-focusing on what didn't happen. It's like there could be one major disappointment in our life, and then we forget that we still have a lot of resources. We still have loved ones. We still have friends. We often still have money in the bank. We still have time. So what gratitude does, it reminds you that you still have things to work with. Because sometimes disappointment makes you feel such deep lack that you fall into despair. And again, despair is just our need for certainty, our need to know this is what's going to happen. But we forget that so many beautiful things could happen. So I think a gratitude practice as well will keep reminding you that you still have resources and you still have things left. And, you know, what's so interesting is that disappointment is not solid. And it doesn't take away our potential. We forget that we always have potential. And and potential does not change from life events. It doesn't change from when you don't when you're not happy when something happens. You just have to remember that good things are still possible and what you want is still possible because what you desire desires you. So again, set your goals, your intentions, use those maybe statements to quiet the fears and use the gratitude practice to find those resources. And again, the light is from within and we are the creators. And the more we kind of keep letting go and opening up the creativity within us and the power within us and the uniqueness within us will shine through and eventually we will find our way. Allison, thank you so much for joining us. If you would like to learn more about this topic, you can visit alisoncarmen.com or as always to hear more from Allison, you can visit our website, cyacyl.com slash Allison. for joining us. I hope you found the show informative. At Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life, we believe that knowledge is power. Take what you've learned, apply it, and live your best life now. Remember, the information provided are the opinions of our guests and should never replace the advice of a professional who knows your personal situation. If you'd like more information, visit our website, cyacyl.com. That stands for Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life. While on our site, Listen to past shows on demand, read our digital magazine, sign up for our mailing list, and be sure to follow the show on social media. Until next time, this is Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in. The preceding pre-recorded program sponsored by Maximilian Communications. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.